My name is Dimer Class, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. On Schreiber. Snyder whip, scores! Now it's scores! Paul Rabel splits two and scores! Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Kelly, not shy, bounces one home! What a start! Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, together we're bringing you interviews with your favorite players and coaches, as well as news from all four professional lacrosse leagues. Alright, welcome to another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. I'm Hutton, and today I'm joined by former Duke standout, two-time national champion, and current Chaos Lacrosse Club midfielder, Deemer Class. Deemer, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot for having me, Hutton. Excited to be on here. Yeah, no, definitely. I know we've, we've kind of gone back and forth a little bit on Twitter uh, trying to get you on, and we finally made it happen, so I'm excited today. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so Demir, you're a Baltimore native. Uh, you played at Loyola Blakefield, but you found your way down to Durham to play for Coach Danowski at Duke. You hold the midfield record for goals in a season with 50 in 2016. Uh, you're just one of six midfielders in NCAA Division I lacrosse history to score 50 goals in a season, and you finished your career uh, with a total of 201 career points um, and are one of six midfielders in NCAA history to reach that 200-point mark. Uh, how was it playing at Duke uh, for Coach Danowski and winning those two national championships? It was definitely, you know, some of the best years of my life, you know, obviously, you know, with how things are going with pro lacrosse and my career after college, you know, I'm hoping that it's not the peak, but it set the foundation for what I think is a really strong, you know, opportunity after college. And I feel like I'm just really fortunate to have played for Coach Donowski, Coach Caputo, uh, Matt Donowski, Ben DeLuca, guys like that. And so... It's just been a really like big blessing to have gone through the Duke program and be a part of it. Awesome, yeah. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware, but me and you both received the same prestigious lacrosse honor while in college in 2014. We were both named to the Inside Lacrosse All-Name team. Uh, that's probably where the comparisons between you and me stop. I'm fortunate uh, the award didn't require me stepping on the field. Um, but I want to kind of talk about, like, where you get the origin of your name, Deemer. You know, was it a family name, or um, did your parents just, you know, like the name? Yeah, you know, it's funny. A lot of people think that Deemer is not my real name. So I, I get a lot of people that come up to me and they're like, what's your real name? Like, there's no way that's a name, like all <laughs> these things. And, uh, you know, I happen to be the fourth, and my great-grandfather was named Deemer. Um, but my full name is William Deemer, class the fourth. So my dad goes by Bill. My grandfather went by Pete. Um, don't ask me how. <laughs> but, but, uh, but I'm definitely, uh, you know, definitely – you know, honored to try and, you know, carry on the legacy of my grandfather, great-grandfather, and kind of follow in the footsteps of my dad and just trying to work hard and make them proud. So definitely, uh, you know, carry the family name with honor. And, uh, you know, I think in next year, I might have to add the IV onto the class on the back of my jersey. So anyone that's tuning in, you can let me know if you think that's a good idea or not. All right, we'll have to put a poll up, but I think that's a great <laughs> idea. Um yeah, and I actually, my name's actually a family name as well, so I understand, you know, the sentiment. Um, but on a more serious note, uh, let's talk, you know, you're coaching at USC now as an assistant. Uh, what led you to travel out west to coach the women's lacrosse game? You know, honestly, uh, so I have, I tell everyone this story. I have three younger sisters when I was coaching full-time in Baltimore doing training right out in New York. Um, you know, I started training a lot of girls and felt like there was an opportunity. And luckily, a couple people kind of mentioned the opening at USC to me and I kind of threw my name in not expecting uh not expecting much and not really expecting myself to move cross country but once I spent some more time in California the opportunity presented itself and it was one that after talking with my parents and close supporters I felt like I couldn't turn down so 
it's been an amazing experience getting a new perspective and getting involved in the women's game while still being able to play professionally on the men's side. So, you know, I couldn't really ask for more right now at this stage of my life. So, you know, I'm beyond blessed. That's awesome. Um, and going off of that, you know, you, you run your own lacrosse business, First Class Lacrosse. Uh, you guys provide instruction for both the men's and women's game. Uh, talk me through when you decided to start First Class Lacrosse and, you know, tell me a little bit about your innovative approach to teaching because you take the same approach for the men's and women's game. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, right out of school, you know, I started running a training business with a close friend, uh, you know, not as much of a teammate, but training partner, Ryan Brown. You know, we were both fortunate enough to work on Victoria Cates Meyer in Baltimore, Maryland. We both still do to this day when we're in town, but we kind of started our own business called RBDC Lacrosse, and we kind of ended up going separate ways simply because of different time commitments, and Ryan moved to Texas, and you know, I moved out here to California, and so, you know, I just kind of went my own route, um, doing similar training, but under the name of First Class Lacrosse, and from there, you know, I really made a push to, to keep developing the men's and women's side of, you know, all offense, you know, tack, midfield, dodging, shooting, you know, shooting is where we started, you know, kind of teaching the art of shooting, but, you know, I really like to think of myself as, you know, full, full-service coach. Um, you know, breaking down offenses. I do a lot of work with different high schools and club programs, kind of working on coaches' sessions and helping people think about offense. And then I've made a big push in the last year to develop an online business and kind of teach and break down film and provide drill access to anyone, you know, really in the world that can tune in through Instagram, through webinars. And that's been a big focus of mine lately as well to try and just keep spreading my methods and things that I've learned because, you know, when I think about it, I'm really truly fortunate to have the coaches that I did growing up. You know, I spent time, you know, in the LTRC rec days with, you know, guys like Jeff Brent and Wink Ruprecht, you know, people, you know, before that even Tom Neubauer and Wade Dossis, mm-hmm. uh, Dave Emmerich, you know, friends, dads who really instilled a love for the game and then got to Loyola and played under Jack Crawford, Joe McFadden, and Bob Wright, Tim Sullivan, you know, guys who played high-level Division One, coached All-American after All-American, and then obviously went on to work with the staff at Duke, and even now getting to learn from guys like Andy Towers and Matt Panetta. So it's really been a blessing, and so I'm really just taking all those things, and sorry, I forgot to mention, mention Tori earlier, but really just taking the things I've learned from them kind of just putting my spin on it and trying to make myself relatable and vulnerable to the players that I work with and kind of let them know like, Hey, you know, I'm still going through these things. I'm still getting better. I'm not at my peak. I don't think, and I'm not perfect either. So, you know, I think some of the kids that I train really respect that. And it's been an exciting, you know, kind of path into the game of lacrosse. No, that's great. I've really enjoyed your redodging series that you recently uh, released. I actually sent them to my younger brothers. They're uh, one's going into high school, the other's in junior high right now, because um, I think you know they'll benefit from it. And the way you break it down is very simple, and I think that's important too, because you want to meet these kids where they're at, and I think you do a good job of that. Yeah, I really appreciate it. You know, I, I do think it's a, uh, a simple game. You know, I think there's a lot of nuances, but I also think there's a lot of things that sometimes you just need to take a step back keep it simpler and just try to be really effective at doing the simple things really well. You know, we always preach that at Duke and we always felt like 
the teams that were successful in May. I mean, look at the Denver's, look at the Syracuse's, the Maryland's, you know, the Yale's, the Dukes of the world. Like those teams every year are doing very basic concepts extremely well and extremely consistent. And that's kind of the way and method that I approach to my training. You know, I think that, yes, like I'm going to keep showing kids different moves and different ways to kind of add in nuances to take their games to the next level. And your athleticism and your game IQ will kind of be able to be displayed more when you can do those simple things really well. No, yeah, that's some great advice. Uh, you know, I think you you got a good uh, focus on your business. Um, you mentioned Andy Towers, though. Let's talk a little bit now the the pro game. First year under Coach Towers uh, with the chaos and the inaugural PLL season. Um, how has Coach Towers gotten you guys to play at such a high level? I think the thing that our whole team loves about Coach Towers is that he brings such a consistent energy and passion for being in the moment and attacking every challenge that's faced. You know, I think when you're heading into a battle, so to speak, if you have your leader, your coach, not, not afraid to mix it up, and welcome the challenge and be there with energy, and fist bumping and chest pounding. I think it gets guys really motivated and it makes it fun you know, because at the end of the day, everyone is competing for spots and want to make their careers in lacrosse. So there can be some of that where it feels like not the game that you always played growing up. But Coach Towers does a good job of bringing the energy that it allows us to kind of relax. And he always is the first one kind of point at himself and be like, hey, I need to do better. I need to coach better. And he's not pointing individual guys out. He's trying to bring the collective forward. And so it's really been an exciting atmosphere to play for Coach Towers and trying even to take some of his methods and approach to the game into how I teach. Because, you know, as any player knows, you can show up, you know, in the pros just for a weekend. But in college, six, seven days a week, if you can show up bringing energy and passion like that, I think it's just a whole other dynamic raise the team's play. So really exciting opportunity to play for coach. He's super supportive of all the guys. If you look at social media and you know, interviews and stuff, he's just giving so much credit to all the different guys on our team. And I, I think guys really appreciate that because, you know, they are the ones putting in the work and the time. But so is he. But for him to kind of just pass off and say, hey, make it look like it's all the players doing. I think that just goes a long way because he's the first one to take the blame if we lose, but then he's given all the credit to the players. And not that it needs to be like that, but I think it goes a really long way in terms of building a culture. So I know the Chaos Lacrosse Club is really excited to be led by Coach Towers. No, that's great, and uh, let's talk about the the PLL on a macro level too. How has it been? You said you you know you guys are having a lot of fun, and I think that's kind of what this new league has brought. Um, but has the league met or exceeded your expectations? And what did you really expect going into it? You know, I think there was definitely question marks, as it is with any startup or new league or new vision. But really, from day one, the service to the players, the attention to detail, you know, a training camp and you know, with equipment and travel and everyone taking care of everyone's needs, I think it really raised the bar for what guys, you know, are expecting in such a positive way. And, you know, the staff, you know, they don't get talked about enough, you know, from the interns, you know, on the PLL staff to all the full-time employees on the media team 
and the equipment team and everything, people approach every weekend with such a positive attitude that, you know, when we're not around all week to show up and have so many people so excited for every weekend, just brings this kind of joy back to playing where, you know, myself and I'm sure other guys can kind of sit back and be like, wow, this is never something that we're going to take for granted because it's such a special experience and to see the growth even in year one from fans week to week to the viewership on NBC, it's just a really exciting time to be a part of the PLL and, you know, they just continue to continue to impress every week and the venues are exciting, the stadiums are well picked, so it's just exciting to be a part of it and kind of hopefully continue to help spearhead the growth of pro lacrosse. No, that's awesome. Um, and let's actually talk some X's and O's a little bit here. Um, so you guys are going to play the Whip Snakes for a chance to go to the championship in the playoffs. You know, what are you looking forward to most in this matchup? You know, we beat the Whip Snakes last game, but you know they just had an incredible performance against the Redwoods, and they're continuing to gel and get better too. So you know, no road is going to be easy for any team, and we want to be playing our best cross come September. So when it comes to the Whip Snakes, you know. It's just going to be a battle. You know, we saw that the first game of the season. We saw that the last time we played them in Denver. And, you know, they have a lot of weapons on offense, a really sound defense, and great goalie play. So, you know, we're going to have to, you know, put everything together and, and give it our best shot. It's going to be an exciting matchup. So tightly contested uh, in those two games at the beginning of the season and then in the middle way of the season. So we're definitely looking forward to that playoff matchup. Uh, but with that, that wraps up the first half of our podcast. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to have our 5 and 5 segment coming up. But let's first hear a word from our sponsor. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome back. Uh, so now we're going to go into our 5 and 5 segment. I'm going to ask Deemer five lacrosse-related questions, and I'll ask him five questions just about his life in general off the field. Uh, so first, let's start off with the lacrosse-related questions. What is a pregame superstition or routine that you have, Deemer? Uh, a pregame routine that I have is, is simply making sure that I get out to warm-ups and you know, getting shots a little closer to the net, dialing in my form, and then moving away from the cage as I get warmed up. You know, I really approach it as a basketball shooter, trying to get dialed in my spots and then expand away from the cage. No, that's good. That's good advice. Uh, what is the top song on your game day playlist? Wow, that's a good one. I think uh, I think the one that's been getting me fired up lately is "Losing It" by Fisher. Yeah, that song really uh, really gets the people going. All right, I like it. It's a good one. All right, number three. Which of your PLL teammates has the most style or swagger? Wow, well, you know, every everyone is going to think this is a loaded question, and they're thinking I'm going to hand this off to uh, to Miles Jones. But it's someone who's really been impressing me lately and stepping up his A game. It is. Uh, Blaze Reardon, you know, Blaze is one that has definitely some peculiar swag, and uh, just want to give my man a shout out. That's awesome. Yeah, you guys have a a lot of guys that uh, have some style. I mean, you mentioned Blaze and Miles, uh, you know, Josh Byrne had some cool looks uh, in Canada, you know, with the Raptors jersey. I think Jake Forcaro, you know, rocks his look as well. So you all are, are... 
probably one of the most swaggiest teams uh, when it comes to being off the field. Yeah, I think that those guys have some things going for them, so hopefully they can uh, they can keep the party going. All right, number four, who is someone in the lacrosse community that you admire or look up to, whether it's a coach, teammate, or even an opponent? You know, honestly, there's two right now that I look up to. Uh, one is Scott Ratliff. Um, Scott's been a teammate of mine in the past, and Scott has really been, since I graduated college, you know, an inspiration for pursuing what I love and, you know, on the, on the mental side and approaching life and being positive. So he's been one that's, you know, really been there for me and been a mentor for me. And, um, and recently, too, this season's been awesome, you know, getting to know uh, Marco Cini and Marco Cini on my team is, has an awesome, you know, awesome story, you know, also does a lot of mental training, and I've been, you know, working with him this season as well. So those are two guys that I think have really made a positive impact in my life, just how they carry themselves and, and things like that. So, you know, those would be the first two that come to mind. No, those are some great, great uh, picks, you know, there. I, I think I like what, you know, Scott's been doing, too, on social media. He, like you said, he really does keep it positive uh, in every post. We need a little more of that on Twitter, I think, so I, I like that approach to it. Absolutely. All right, number five, what is your current lacrosse stick set up in terms of shaft, head, and stringing? On, have you ever thought about using a crankshaft at any point? <laughs> I have never used a crankshaft and would never do such a thing. <laughs> I don't know what the benefit of that is, but um, you know, not one that I would be uh, be pursuing. Um, you know, I've had a special relationship with the guys from East Coast Dive since I graduated, and you know, I think it's one thing to you know be a sponsored athlete and, and use product that you're given, but you know, ECD has always been a, a, a company that I've loved everything from their mesh to being a part of their first head with the Mirage. And then now, as the Rebel has come out, the Rebel offense is what I use. Love the face shape, and, you know, it's just so consistent. So I use that, and then I've really stuck with their Focus Scandium shaft. I've never been much of a uh, carbon fiber guy, and I know they're doing great things with the carbon fiber, but, you know, the Focus is light, and it's a really good setup. So I use that with the Hero 2.0 mesh. Um, and it's, it's really worked well for me since I graduated, so I'm extremely thankful to have formed a good relationship with those guys. Yeah, no, that's great. And I was only poking fun with the crankshaft thing. We all know that was a fad that never even got off the ground uh, when we were younger. There are some funny ones that, uh, that have come up in our lifetime. Oh, no, for sure. Um, and Adam really wishes he could have been on here. He actually played at E-Town with uh, Greg um, when Greg was a senior and he was a freshman. Um, so, you know, we're big fans of East Coast Dyes as well. He, he's a little bummed he couldn't be on this podcast. But I'm sure we'll have you on again um, some other time. And we'll have to have Greg join us as well. Absolutely. But that wraps up the, um, you know, the, the first five questions. Now we go to the second group of five. Uh, what was your favorite class to take at Duke? Wow, favorite class at Duke. Um, geez, I wasn't really prepared for this one. I'm going to have to stall for a couple seconds while I come up with my, uh, my favorite class. Um, I think uh, the favorite class that I had um, was a business, like entrepreneurial class with uh, Ed T. Um, he, he does, you know, a, like a markets and management, you know, all-encompassing business class, um, you know, that a lot of people take um, at Duke. And he's a really sharp guy. Has a lot of, you know, financial industry knowledge and experience. And he was really, um, you know, critical in kind of the way that he kind of would teach us to think about business. So he was, he was my favorite class, you know, by far. No, that's great. It seems like you know you've really taken some of his advice too with your own uh, businesses. Hoping to. <laughs> 
Yeah, but you know, you're really involved in lacrosse, but is there anything you like to do, any hobbies or activities you do when you're not on the lacrosse field? You know, honestly, uh, one of the things that's become a, a big hobby for me is uh, trying different food. You know, I've been fortunate to be living out in L.A. for the past year, and there's so many restaurants out here that, you know, I really enjoy trying different types of cuisines and, and going to different restaurants and, and tapas and things like that. So, you know, there's really not food um, these days that I don't like to eat or try. So it's something that, you know, in my free time and in the evenings, I find myself going to a lot of different places. And uh, it's it's hard to say that it's a hobby because it's not like I food vlog or anything like that. But, you know, mm. just kind of trying all different types of food and, um, you know, that experience has been something that I really enjoy doing. So um, I kind of everywhere I go, I kind of love to have a good meal and, different places to try good answer because it kind of leads into my uh, next question and i can kind of guess where you're going to probably go with it but do you prefer to uh, dine in take out or cook at home i definitely don't cook at home <laughs> i don't uh you know i, I make uh, make phenomenal pb and j's uh, <laughs> and do a good uh do a good bowl of cereal but um you know i definitely look to uh to eat out you know just kind of you know, manage, but, you know, I definitely enjoy going out to eat and, uh, and trying different food. So that's kind of my go-to. Awesome. All right. Uh, going off of that, um, what is your favorite place to visit when you're back in Baltimore? Well, I would say a couple things. Um, you know, my favorite place to visit, you know, you know, I really enjoy going to, uh, Riley's Oysters. Um, so it's a good, there's one downtown in Philadelphia, but also one, in uh, on your road near where I live, so I love going there for food and kind of catching up with uh, with family and friends. Um, and then also, you know, I enjoy going downtown to uh, to Federal Hill. I have a few friends that have you know places down there, and uh, and getting to catch up with you know a close group of friends from high school. So you know, I would say besides seeing family, those are those are two things that I kind of always look to do when I'm back in Baltimore. That's awesome. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Fed Hill. Um, I actually grew up in the Northern Virginia area. My parents are from Baltimore, but uh, I have a lot of relatives there, so I, I tend to go out there whenever I'm back in that area. Absolutely. All right, the final one. What's a book on your bookshelf that you've read or are reading right now that you'd recommend to a teammate or a friend? Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. There was one I just read recently, but it's... Uh... It's not coming to mind. It's actually, you know, it's actually the story of, I'm, I'm forgetting the actual name, mm-hmm. but it, I, I believe it was The Hunting of El Chapo. Oh, it's awesome. One that, <laughs> it's one that I picked up in the airport, um, and it's just a really good story. Um, I'm not too involved in history, but this was one that kind of caught my attention and uh, read the whole thing. It was like, it was like 300 pages, and uh, it was a really exciting story just to hear about how, you know, these, these two... Uh, these two agents, you know, were able to track his footsteps, track him down, and, and the whole story of, of the cartel. So that was one that I found really fascinating, fascinating, and I thought it was a good mix of two kind of the self-help, you know, typical books that uh, that you know people tend to read. But you know, I'm hoping to get uh, into this book that was recently recommended called Range. Um, you know, how a generalist can survive in a specialist world. So that's the next one that I'm. It's in my crosshairs to uh, to get to reading. Oh, that's interesting. I, that might be something up my alley. I'm always looking, you know, kind of like you said, for the, the self-help books and kind of, you know, how to up my game. So I'm um, definitely going to have to check that one out. 
Uh, well, that wraps up the five and five. Uh, I'd like to end with a, a final question with all our guests, and uh, that's what advice do you have for a young lacrosse player who's looking to play one day at the pro level? Um, the biggest advice that I could give to anyone that's looking to play is right now in lacrosse, there's so many resources between coaches, between YouTube, between watching games on TV, and the biggest way that I always learned was from watching players that were older than me going out in the backyard and trying to emulate things that they did. And so I think if you're a young player, the more that you can watch and learn and learn about the game, it's going to make you smarter. So that's the biggest thing that I'm thinking for players right now is the more time you spend and are willing to be a student and a fan of the game, it's going to help you kind of dream about things that you can do going forward. Set your goals high. You know, don't stop. Don't let anyone kind of tell you what you are or you can or can't be. Just keep reaching for more. And as long as you're having fun with it, you know, the sky is the limit. And it's not always about being the actual best. There can only be a couple of those people, but it's about being your personal best and just continuing to strive for improvement and enjoying, you know, the game each and every day. No, that's some great advice, Deemer. And, you know, they can certainly watch you and uh, the chaos, you know, on NBC with the Premier Lacrosse League. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I, I want to just say it's been great having you. You can tell you have a lot of gratitude on where you're at in your career and, you know, you have a lot of uh, desire, to, you know, to continue to improve. So I, I think you're, you know, like you said, I don't think you're at your peak yet. I think you're just, you know, scratching the surface. Um, so we'll be looking forward to watching you, you know, the rest of the season. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for your support. Really appreciate your time and having me on. And, uh, you know, hope to be back on with you guys talking lacrosse uh, in the future. So hopefully, uh, you know, anyone listening, we've got a few more, uh, you know, women of Troy fans for the USC women's lacrosse season coming up in uh, 2020. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, before we wrap up, Deemer, can you tell people where they can follow you on social media or find you? Absolutely. So you can find me, my personal page, at Tutu Classy on Instagram and Twitter. And then you can also follow my business at First Class Lacrosse on Instagram. You know, I'm posting a lot of drills, film breakdown, and then I've even built out an online platform where players and coaches can subscribe to get you know, a next level of training and instruction. So stuff that I've really been focused on. Hope you find it helpful. And uh you're always happy to answer questions and interact with anyone that's willing to learn about the game. All right. Thank you, Deemer, so much. I uh, appreciate you coming on with me, and uh, best of luck in the playoffs. Awesome. Thanks, Hutton. Have a great week. You too, Deemer.